When you think about business competition, where are you focused? Your town, your state, across the country? You need to be concerned with competitors around the world. Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Today, you'll hear about the mega trends in global business and how they affect your organization, as well as explore issues, solutions, and some amazing facts about business worldwide. Now, here is your host, Mahesh Joshi. Welcome to the Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. I have with me today Mr. Howard Shore talking about his new book, The Leader Launchpad. Uh, Mr. Howard Shore offers a very interesting five-step clear-cut actionable plan to help leaders feel in control of their professional destiny. Howard Shore is a best-selling author. He's a founder and CEO of Activate Group. He's a serial entrepreneur specializing in liberating C-suite teams from the barriers holding them back personally and professionally. After owning and selling several of his own companies, working with numerous top Fortune 500 companies, and training with performance-enhancing organizations like Scaling Up and Gazels, Howard has become a sought-after business mentor, executive coach, and keynote speaker. As a member of National Speakers Association, his talks cover employee empowerment, cash flow enhancement, human capital management, entrepreneurial freedom, and business growth. Welcome, Howard. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, Howard, I read about your new book, The Leader Launchpad. To be very frank, forget about others, I'm pretty excited about it. And I was going through a lot in this book, which I would rather have my listeners listen from you firsthand. So I don't want to intrude into that, but I will, I will, I'll come into straight very exciting question, uh, which I found in the text. Uh, it'll be very useful for all of us. Uh, the statement is, sooner or later, all business owners find themselves working too much in the business rather than on the business. I find this statement very fascinating. Can you please elaborate on this? What is working in the business and on and what's more important? So obviously we need both. And whenever you say one thing's more important than another, we get ourselves in trouble, right? right. Uh, however, I will say what happens to most leaders is they're so caught up in their product and service and what they do that they lose perspective in the market and they actually don't understand because they're so focused on those products and services why it's holding them back. When you focus on the business, it's very different. So now you're talking about building a business ecosystem that can actually drive and continually evolve the business as a business and allow it to scale. Ah. Because this uh, this in and on, I, I found it very fascinating. So thank you so much. But what do you suggest that one, how how should one look at what should be more important than other, or <laughs> both are equally important? 
Well, you know, let, let's be honest. You, if you don't have a product or service, you have nothing to sell. Uh-huh. You're not trying anything. You don't make any money. You don't have a business, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how most people start out. Once we've tested a little bit and we keep testing the market and we find that we have a product or service that, that matters, that's usually how most entrepreneurs go about it. But when I think about working on the business, and you know, I had looked at this for a long time. My, my first business book, Your Business is a Leaky Bucket, mm-hmm. identified 15 leaks that every business had regardless of size. And the bigger the business, the bigger the leak. And then all of a sudden, I flipped it upside down. I said, well, the, the main problem is, is we're not working on the business. And so I've founded four companies. I've owned uh, more than uh, six companies. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I found uh, fascinating was that that whole framework of, so what does it mean to work on the business? And and I realized what my struggles were over all the years because I always seemed to, the only reason I, I was successful is I'd work three times harder than everybody else and you know that's not that's not sustainable and and I realized the reason was is I didn't pause and even though I went to business school I've got the degrees, I've got the certifications and all of that, uh, they, they forgot to make me aware that there were certain things that I had to become a grandmaster at if I wanted to run a real large business of scale and of substance. It meant that I had to become a master practitioner at strategy, a master practitioner at stewardship, a master practivi- uh, a practitioner in the area of human capital management, planning and being great at building a system of accountability. And what was interesting over time now seeing, you know, thousands of leaders, lots of companies, you know, one of the things that we saw was there was almost no companies out there that had mastered all five of those systems I just shared with you. Most were really good at one or two and then they were only barely paying attention to the other three and this was significantly holding them back because they were so worried about in the business of making sure the customer's happy, making sure the product's right, the service is right, that they weren't stepping back and understanding that, listen, the bigger we get, we've got a lot of people and we're competing in the market and this is going to change constantly. Oh. So that's fantastic, Howard. Now, before I move to any other question, I, I just thought of is there is anything particular about the book uh, you would like uh, to be uh, telling our audience about, but if you want to uh, to talk about that at the later stage, we can move on to the next question. Let's start with the questions. I'd rather help them than worry about uh, moving my book. Okay. So what I wanted to understand from you is the leader launchpad. What should you call is a launchpad, like how the leaders get launched? Have, this question is in two parts. That how do leader gets launched? Let's say, for example, getting into that role, going up. What's needed? What one should do? Why and how? And and uh, what is needed? And second, when they're launched, how do you keep yourself in the right orbit to reach uh, the required destination? So all of this comes from um, a concept that uh, Jim Collins called Big Harry Audacious Goal. Mm-hmm. And to me, we as an individual leader in terms of what we want to, uh, what impact we want to have on the world, mm-hmm. uh, both personally and as a business, we, we've got to kind of look at that. And I think what launches people, and I think the people that have the 
biggest impact, they really think about, you know, what do I want to, what do I want my imprint to be on the world? Not how much money I want to make, but what is the imprint I want to make? How do I want to change an industry? How do I want to change leadership? How do I want to help others? And it's in that servitude mindset that the launch starts and then the game begins. So you, so you asked, what does it take? I mean, it takes bravery. It takes courage. It takes grit. Uh, to be able to go after something audacious. Uh, entrepreneurs, uh, in particular, spend their whole lives having people tell them you can't do that. They go through their entire lives uh, bouncing you know, into walls until they, they actually accomplish those things everybody told them they couldn't do. And even as an employee, you mentioned you're, you have a, you're part of a larger organization. Yeah, I remember when I was in the billion-dollar companies mm-hmm. and just watching you know, how – Different people excelled uh, based on this ambition, and and you know particularly now even in COVID, I think the number one thing we must make sure does not happen is that we don't lose our ambition, and I think ambition is one of those launchers. Ah, that's very well said. So it is like if you're not thinking big, you'll never achieve it. Yes, and, yeah. and, and so I like to think really, really big. And, and uh-huh. you know, if you ask me the number one thing and the only reason uh, that anybody should, should hire, you know, a coach or a consultant or something like that is our a job and what I love is the stories when people told me I inspired them to achieve something that was seemingly out of reach for them mm-hmm. and, and, and it transformed them to accomplish things that they didn't even know themselves mm-hmm. they, they could accomplish or you know they, they, they were walking the, the talk but they were talking without any idea how to get there and then helping connect those dots is really exciting. Ah, yeah, that's a good point because that keeps you excited, that keeps you thinking about it, and and how you can plan for that. Because uh, the to, to become a leader, and as a leader launchpad, first you need to have is a mindset, and um, definitely you need the skill set, you need the capability, but if you don't have a mindset to aspire for that. I, I think, is it safe for me to assume that Launchpad is in the initial stages of getting into the leadership roles and then eventually becoming leader, that's where the Launchpad is? And Or would you consider a leader is there and it is like from good to great, that here is a good leader, now he, he how he launches himself. Is that what it is? Or so I personally... So I personally don't believe leaders are born, and and the book was really designed to, you know, how do I significantly lift the growth and profits of a business, mm-hmm. but from the leader's practical mind mindsets as well as practical processes. Mm-hmm. The, the the key though, I think, is we we think about this concept of of launchpad. Um, mm-hmm is I would share something that, so I've had a coach 
for, for many, many years, different coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of my first coaches, you know, he taught me something about different individuals in life. He says, if you believe, and, and he was speaking about uh, sales at this particular time, if you think you're only a person that will sell 250000 or you think you're a person that's only worth 250000 that is the best you ever do. But if you think you personally are worth a million dollars, you're much better now mm-hmm. in a mindset that will more likely cause you to take the actions to bring to life what you believe. Mm. That's a very valid point. Very valid point. I agree with you on that. And uh, Howard, um, we will now take a short break and we will continue our exciting discussions after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. I have with me Mr. Howard talking about his new book, The Leader Launchpad. Now, Howard, we had very fascinating discussion. I was amazed by the clarity of thought process. I just wanted to uh, have a discussion with you on uh, for leader to become a successful leader. What are the essential ingredients? And uh, if you are lacking somewhere, can you develop it? What are the various methodologies to do it? So that's a fantastic question. And to me, the foundation to everything, the foundation to leadership, the foundation to happiness, the foundation to success starts with character. And, you know, I studied this for a long uh, period of time and and tried to look at, and, and I had worked for some really prominent companies, the largest one, $20 billion in revenue, and I looked out over time and I said, you know, there's less than a handful of leaders. And many of these people, highly successful from a, from a level, you know, they got to CEO, CFO, made a lot of money, but I still didn't want to emulate them. It wasn't what was going to get me to where I needed to be. And it wasn't going to get great people 
to to achieve what they wanted. And what I realized the difference between the people that I wanted to resemble. Mm-hmm. And the people I didn't all came down to character. And in my book, I actually identify those five character traits that I think are important, uh, not only to help you find happiness in life, but also to get people to truly want to follow you and, and, and knock down walls with you. And the first one is integrity, right? So mm-hmm. if we don't have integrity, people uh, can't trust us then we are already down a path that will be limited because whenever trust goes down, cost goes up, things slow down. So I realized the people that were really successful were very good at maintaining trust Mm -hmm. amongst everyone they interacted with. Mm -hmm. They really considered all stakeholders when they made decisions, not just themselves and the people that were selfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, or more tended to be more selfish were only always limited because that selfishness actually caused them to breach trust with others. A second item that I would strongly and highly recommend, and actually this is the number one driver on whether you're even coachable yourself and whether you can really grow to your potential is humility. All right, so the great leaders that I know have accomplished a lot and they're proud of what they've done, but they realize there's so much they don't know they don't know, and they know every person they meet has the ability to give them information and knowledge that they probably don't have, and by including that in all of their decisions, uh, they approach people differently, they approach situations differently uh, because they're they're more cautious, they're not full of themselves. A, a, a third issue uh, that I'm, I, I feel very strongly about is really not only caring but expressing and showing people you care about them. Uh, One of the best people I know about this is actually my wife. She's a judge. She's also the administrative judge for our county. And and I've been watching her over the years, and I've never seen a a leader do a better job than she does in truly and genuinely caring about every member of her team. And because of that, I've seen people just go above and beyond without her asking because uh, they reciprocated that care. Uh, Two other ones that that I would say are essential for to become a great leader and to stay a great leader is consistency. When we are inconsistent and people on a daily basis aren't sure, uh, I'll just throw myself under the bus, which Howard am I going to get today? it really is going to cause people not to follow us. They don't want to be on the team uh, when, when every day is a big surprise. Uh, so we need to be consistent as leaders. And then the last one is influence. Uh, the greatest leaders uh, that I've seen are really focused on transforming and having huge impact on the world. Uh, and, and doing their industries differently. You know, our my goal right now and uh, a lot of people are pushing me to change it, is I want to impact 500,000 lives at a minimum in my career where 500,000 people can say something I said, did with them, uh, and, and shared with them actually shifted them in a greater direction that helped them change their lives. And I think when we have those types of aspirations, um, 
you automatically are put, and leadership, by the way, is not a title. Mm. It's a role. You automatically become a leader when you demonstrate these character traits because they are hard to live every day. Hmm. That's that's a very profound statement uh, because it, it is like uh, if you're a leader, why, by your actions, what you just said, like integrity, you know, humble, caring, and consistency of behavior, you earn the respect of people you don't command. You don't push it down, you're earning it, and, and that's why they're very open to talk to you. Does it make sense when I say that? Because if you have all these qualities which are very profound, then people should be following you. You hit the nail on the head, and when they're not, when they're not doing what you think they ought to be doing, yeah. and you are doing super heavy lifting mm -hmm. to try to get people to move in a direction, Mm -hmm. you know you have not demonstrated these traits. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Now, uh, these are some of the skills. Can can the leader, as you're growing in your career, are you going up as a leader, uh, can you develop them if you don't have some of them? Oh, for sure. Uh, and, and as I said earlier, leadership is, is, you're not born with it. Some people mm -hmm. are charismatic and, mm -hmm. and, and, and we can't all be charismatic, but, mm -hmm. but everybody can be a great leader. Um, and so you need self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And so, so just take these five items that I shared with you is you could put those up on a wall and mm -hmm. you could say, all right, these are two or three ways in which I, would demonstrate these things on a daily basis, and then mm. you could rate yourself at the end of every single day mm. uh, or end of the week, end of the month, how often you want to do it, and ask yourself two things. Number one, uh, how well have I demonstrated these traits uh, on a scale of one to ten? And by the way, if you give yourself tens on all of them, you're, 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 you're delusional and you've got a humility problem. Uh, and then second, how much attention have I given to those traits? I keep 10 traits up on my wall that I score myself on regularly for both of those things. How much attention do I give it and how well am I delivering on those? And, mm -hmm. and one of those which I've, I'm really working on lately is gratitude. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I, I had it but I don't show it. I don't talk about it. I don't, I don't tell people enough, you know, hey, I'm so happy you had me on this show. This really helped me, you know, achieve, uh, my, part of my goal of impacting more people. And I'm, I'm really grateful for you having me on the show. I don't say those things often mm -hmm. enough. So when I do do it, I show gratitude well. My problem is, is I don't give it enough attention. And that's the problem with all of these character traits. And if you make your list too long, you get into trouble. Mm -hmm. But we, we tend, if you were to ask somebody, listen, I want to, you know, uh, I, I want to, you know, I know trust is everything. You've asked somebody that, they're going to say, yeah, that's true. But how often are they asking themselves, before I decide, before I speak, before I send an email, whatever it is, have I thought about how when I deliver this, that's going to affect whether the other parties trust me or not? Hmm. So you can work on this every day, but you have to have self-awareness and fortitude to want to be a leader of character. Very true. 
and your first point when you start with integrity it's very important because if you look at the basic foundation or starting point of any business is trust two people cannot deal they cannot do business if there is no trust it could be one time maybe one time you succeed but to have a long term sustainable relationship in any business is trust so the leaders are there to develop long term sustainable businesses and as you said in your book that how do you uh, lead to a faster growth so the faster growth could be you build the trust faster than anybody else <laughs> so all your customers are trusting you more than your competitors so so and by the way there's two there's two dimensions just in this 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 word trust so the the one trust we're all used to is uh can i ex can I trust you will do what you say? Can I trust you're going to keep my word? But then the second dimension of trust, I think, is the one that gets broken more often. So here's, here's a dirty little secret. Uh -huh. All of us have self-esteem issues to some degree. Uh, some far less than others in terms of some are, are egomaniacs, but they still have self-esteem issues. And so there's a part of trust where we want to – we need to know that we can be vulnerable mm -hmm. in front of other people and then have them not judge us, demean us, uh, or you know, scream at us or whatever it is because we're imperfect. And so when we don't handle that well, that is also another dimension of trust. Ah, that's, that's a very good one to remember. That's a very valid point. And, and by the way, I've had a coach help me with that. Um, mm -hmm. My behavioral style uh, tends to be aggressive if I'm not careful. Mm -hmm. And so I have good intentions. But, you know, particularly earlier in my career, I made some people cry. I felt horrible afterwards. Mm -hmm. And at first, I wasn't even aware mm -hmm. of what I was doing. But it's now with my coaches and so forth, I've learned to pause, slow down, be more considerate of the other people. And it's helped me build trust. Hmm. That definitely shows that uh, you know coaching can really help. So it is it is very important. Also, uh, uh, just not in the leader launchpad. Other subjects, you know, as you're mentioning, and you know, I know that you have included coaching as a part of it. Uh, so I think, uh, as you rightly said, the impact, the example of trust which you gave. I think uh, uh, by that coaching. The humbleness also comes up, and that over a period of time, when you think, you build that consistency also. So what we're going to do, Harvard, at this stage, we'll take another short break, and we'll continue our discussion after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, and we are having a very absorbing discussion with Mr. Howard on his new book, The Leader Launchpad. Howard, in this third session or third segment of the show, uh, I want to continue uh, all the wonderful piece of knowledge which you have shared with us in last two sessions. Uh, I would like to start uh, by asking you a question on coachability because you very nicely explained what should one leader be and it's very clear that uh, people can be coached to achieve it now I wanted to go on the other side of it which could be some traits in people which can make some leaders uncoachable is there something like that which people should be careful about and take out of their behavior and become coachable and uh, become a good leader that is a fantastic question, and as you've already seen, I'm, I can be a little cerebral, so I'm processing exactly the best way to answer that. One one dimension that I think we need to look at to determine whether somebody's coachable, and it's it's I could define it down to one word: hunger. Mm-hmm. So whenever I have somebody, uh, and because a lot of times the coaches are assigned. To people rather than the people coming to you and saying, listen, I want to be coached. And then you also have people that come to you and, and they're actually approaching you, but they're actually wanting to fix everybody else. And so there's two dimensions to this. The first one is hunger. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are not hunger, hungry to grow, if you're not hungry to be the best version of yourself, if you're not hungry enough to learn what you don't know, then it's it's hard for coaching to help you. Uh, it's it's hard for most anybody to help you because you're you're good with the way you are and you're good with the way things are. And when when you're when you're too satisfied, you you're no longer coachable. Mm-hmm. And then the second part goes back, and I know I keep beating on this humility, but ego is our enemy. Mm-hmm. Ego is the one thing that I think holds all of us back. And and there's a couple of dimensions of ego. It's there's the dimension of low self esteem. So mm-hmm. I don't want anybody uh you know, uh what you call it I, I have low expectations for myself. I uh I find a lot of reasons why it can't happen and that low self esteem will will make it hard to help the person because they already don't believe they can be helped. And then you have the egomaniacs mm-hmm. on the other spectrum where uh they know more than than everybody else on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and we've had people like this where I've already seen all this before, I already know it, and it's like well 
you're not doing it mm-hmm. uh, and, and and you don't resemble what we're talking about at all but they'll sit there and they'll tell you all day long and 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 you'll get the people that uh, that will um, tell you how to build a boat and they've never even been on a boat mm-hmm. these people are not coachable because their mindset gets in their way and their ego gets in the way to let their vulnerability down to be coachable you have to be vulnerable Mm-hmm. And and you have to be able to be vulnerable in a productive manner. And so I think that's one of the things that we look for very carefully is are the are the leadership teams we're going to work with, is the CEO I'm going to work with, are they going to allow themselves to be vulnerable enough so we can help them? Hmm. So basically, the, the, the personal traits make you uncoachable or the most successful person in leadership by absorbing from the coach, by opening up yourself, that uh, here's an opportunity for me to learn beyond what all I know. So that person who's, the, I'm just trying to make out a difference between coachable and uncoachable, coachable things, I know everything, hey, oh, this is okay, I'm already doing it, but actually he's not doing it. It may be in his mind, but he's not doing it. You know, either he has in mind or he doesn't have, but he's not willing to open himself up to learn something and that probably could be the difference between a coachable and accelerator launched leader which which catapults and moves faster than the other guy who's just resisting it that I know everything or admits but doesn't do it is, is that right that is right and that last one by the way drives me nuts is uh-huh. hey I you know because by the way we're all imperfect creatures if you yeah. follow me around all day long do I am I perfect on every dimension of everything we're talking about the answer is freaking no that's why I still have a coach yeah. uh, the, but the reality is there's a difference between I know I'm not doing something mm. and and being and even being aware and and just like but so what just accept me as I am mm-hmm. it, it's like uh, it negates itself mm-hmm. yeah I think but this gets back to hunger so, do you want to be the best version of yourself, or do you want to just be a good average person of yourself? So that brings me into uh, the, the the next part of our discussion from your book. That uh, for a leader to be successful and 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 grow and keep growing and build sustainable, profitable businesses, mindset is very important. The hunger and everything, the mindset connected and the systems you build around it. So can you share uh, with our listeners today from your book about mindsets and systems which a leader has and what he builds? That has a mindset of a leader and what kind of systems and other things around that to support that mindset for success he builds? Well, so our actions um, follow our beliefs. Mm-hmm. So I think we've already beaten up what... Uh, what mindsets we want people to have. Correct. Uh, but but there is there is a mindset uh, that that I, you know, and there are a couple of mindsets that go into the realm of running the business. I think that significantly affect uh, what happens. So I'm not going to um, master all five systems if I decide that all of those steps in the book, the five steps we put in the book on, on how to grow the business, uh-huh. if, if, if I'm not passionate, um, that we need to be great in those areas, right? So, mm-hmm. so, so I have to believe and want to be great 
in areas that are not necessarily things I like doing. I have mm-hmm. to be willing. You know, l- let's be honest. Um, I, I was with a li- leader the other day, and he says, "Listen, Howard, I'd rather manage twenty computers than twenty people." Well, that is his belief system. He is he is in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, we we actually got into a discussion, and he's finding somebody to run his business for him. I said, "Then he's not a client," I, and we wouldn't take him as a client. I said, "You're not a candidate right now because mm-hmm. your mindset is not conducive." of building an organization that has a lot of people and you already have a good number of people and I guarantee you they know you don't like dealing with them. So so if you have the wrong mindsets, the systems don't work. And then in the systems, uh, you know, at that point, you know, systems are processes. You know, what is the methodology? And you've got a the one mindset I like to say, are we playing to win or are we playing not to lose? Uh, so, so very often after people have a good modicum of success, they stop pulling back and stop doing the things that made them great because now all of a sudden they have what they didn't have and they don't want to lose it. And because they get in the mindset of I don't want to lose it, they don't do the things that their competition is willing to do because they're only playing to win. So, yeah. so I think that's one mindset I think that's really, really crucial is this playing to win. Uh, the second thing is, is even how you look at your business. So, uh, in my book, I start talking about different orientations of a leader. Are you growth oriented? Are you product oriented? Are you waste oriented? So, so I talk about these different orientations of a leader. And what's interesting is what we typically find is, there's some leaders that growth is everything, and all they can think about is growing, 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 uh, that the wheels fall off the bus, and they wind up you know, getting revenue they shouldn't have, doesn't help them, holds their company back, but growth is the mantra. Then you get these other folks, and by the way, they just, their operations are a mess. The mm-hmm. operating people can't even keep up with them, and their profitability goes out the window because they're um, – because now they're trying to be everything to everybody. Then you've got the product and service people that lack growth because they're so worried about perfecting their product, so worried about perfecting their service that they don't get out in the marketplace in the way they should, like the sales-oriented person does, the marketing-oriented leader does, and so then that holds them back. Now, there's good on both. We need to be sales oriented and we need to be um, product and service oriented but at the end of the day that's where waste comes in see there's waste in each one of those systems if I get too heavy weighted in sales or product and service uh, it, it actually there's waste in the system so then I'm spending too much on marketing if I'm in the sales um, I'm, I'm adding unprofitable customers and, and I'm doing a lot of things so it creates waste and the same thing on the product side there's a lot of product people and service people that they don't even like sales and marketing people so they don't even add it to their business and then it causes a problem and, and those people tend to give their products away they add every bell and whistle to their service and products, and then they don't even recognize that people aren't even paying for it. But because they have so much pride, they have a bad business model. So how you look at your business, how you look at growing it is very, very important because it there, there's a domino effect after that of what, what, what happens. Yeah, that's very valid point. That's very, very valid point. 
that that how do you keep that behavior of uh, winning because uh, that's very true because the the fear of failure normally is uh, higher than the pleasure of gain and once you have tasted success you don't want to fail to be looking like a failure now or or, or look the last time as a, a flash in the pan whereas you need sustained success and once you change that mindset even uh, the person who was always into winning 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 which is a habit and so it's it's a clear mindset that comfort may be to win but win at what cost you know so so as you rightly well, that last talking. comment was huge. I don't really, I don't know if you realize the power of what you just said. Mm. And this gets back to the balance mm. of those character traits mm. with the desire to win. Because mm. if you have the right current character traits, and I'll go back to integrity, mm-hmm. um, you're not going to win at all costs. Mm-hmm. You're going to win when it's in the best interest of all stakeholders, not yes. just yourself. Yes. Uh, and so winning can be dangerous, and actually. Uh, uh, in his book, What Got You Here Won't Get You There, one of the 20 top uh, leadership traits that hold back leaders is winning too much. So you've got leaders winning when it doesn't even matter, winning when it's just hurting them. So it's mm-hmm. crucial what you said there is that we're we're careful that we have a mantra of playing to win, but playing to win right. Correct. I, I think what you said is, is, is very, very nicely put playing to win and with integrity nicely and 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 make it consistent without sacrificing um, the, the 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 various parameters of the business which make the business succeed or survive because as you rightly gave this example of growth uh, I totally agree with you on that and with this uh, we have come to the end of third segment I'll take a short break Harvard uh, very exciting discussion we'll continue after this break Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. And uh, we are having a very exciting discussion with uh, Mr. Howard, the author of the book, The Leader Launchpad. 
and in first three segments he discussed a lot of leadership traits a lot of good stuff role of coachability uh, role of um, a lot of other factors which work on the minds of leader which can make a leader successful and hungry to learn and, and, and learn uh, what he doesn't know to augment what he already knows to become super successful uh, now how about my next question to this is the last segment fourth segment so I want to know if I have to classify let's say here is a company amazing to work for and then there's a company which people think no way now they're all being led uh, they're both being led and then there is something in between there's a company um, it, it's not amazing to work for and it's not that no way now these are all creations of leaders that what culture what system processes leaders have created uh, that there is such a bandwidth it's a full swing of pendulum and I would like to take your advice on that and and share with our audience that what happens how do some leaders do it um, some leaders are not able to do it so there's three components to that and and think about a business as an ecosystem the CEO is the aquifer, mm -hmm. and then you know everything else lays on top of that aquifer where it feeds mm -hmm. uh, the environment. And uh, when I've looked at businesses, and one of our secret sauces, and one of the things that I've spent a lot of time studying is employee engagement. Mm -hmm. uh, I learned from Gallup in their surveys, and, and I really studied all of that stuff. And I really wanted to understand the difference between the leaders that were able to get their people fully engaged and those that didn't. Mm -hmm. And and you'll see this. There are leaders that, you know, for lack of a better term, their traits and the way in which they lead cause them to only get half out of people. And then there's other leaders that get two times mm -hmm. uh, out of the person, even get that person to do more than what they want. And I found that there was really three elements to this as we help our clients build their ecosystem. Mm -hmm. the, the foundation, you mentioned the words culture, mm -hmm. um, the cultural system. So the ones that seem to get um, their employees proud pulling in all cylinders, uh, they really have a very purposeful organization and they make sure everyone understands why this company exists and what they're conquering together. They rally everybody in their mission to change the world and they help everybody see that you know you're not an accountant you're not a uh, what you call it you're not a marketing professional no we are all together as a team trying to build something fantastic mm -hmm. and so there are systems and processes you can use to build this culture that gets everybody behaving the way that you want and directed where you go and they're very good at developing vision and getting everybody to follow them the mm -hmm. second part that they do very good is teams so, you know, one of the biggest problems you see in a lot of organizations is they have uh, some sharp people, but they don't work well in teams. While starting with the executive team on down, the best leaders create an environment where they work on the um, the dysfunctions. And one of my favorite books on this is Pat Lincioni's Five Dysfunctions of a Team. They they actually work as a team to work on the elements that would get everybody fully engaged so that they're tapping into everyone on the leadership team and everyone is in and they're all in. Uh, and then the the other bookend is, is this, and, and, I'll, and I'll share with you, there's one measure on every scorecard of every executive that I want to see, and it's the percentage of their employees that are, that are fully performing. 
So performing means to live all your core values and they're achieving, you know, uh, reasonably high standards of performance. And that's where the human capital management systems come in, where we, we basically get the right people, we define the right seats, we get the right people in the right seats, and then the leader's job, their main job, is to constantly work on the people that report to them to raise them to a whole nother level that those people didn't even see. So their job is not manager, it's coach. And if you're not coaching your people and challenging them and really challenging them to greatness, then you're only going to be an average or below leader. Hmm. Very valid point. Now, so basically, the, some of the leaders who make the companies amazing is, see, many times people look at company uh, amazing to work for, could be because of, let's say, when Apple was small or some of the startup, people want to go for uh, you know, new technology, innovative companies. Some are very big, like humongous in size, big revenue, good training grounds. Some could be for their culture, you know, that you go there, you, you go and learn a lot, and, and, and that's where the leader has created an environment that makes it beyond uh, the work compensation you get and not necessarily it will be the highest in the industry, um, reasonable. And then the opportunities you get for being creative, uh, resulting into being innovative, uh, as well as uh, there are avenues for learning, avenues for growth. But beyond all of that, they feel respected. Will that be the right word to use, that they feel respected? Because I was going through in my mind what you said, the five traits, integrity, and being humble for a leader and all that. Would you consider where, where one is people feel wanted, uh, other factors you learn, you get reasonable, you get paid for your efforts, but you get respected. Would that be one of the criteria? So, so I want to be careful with that word because I've gotten in debates with the client, with, with, uh, different leaders who believe uh -huh. that respect is earned and not given. Yeah. And I think it's very, very important yeah. that, uh, that many times it won't be earned mm. because we didn't give it to begin with. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So, so basically then what I would say is a successful leader uh, with, with the swing of this pendulum, the no way company, the no, no, I don't want to work there, to an amazing and uh, in between, it is what the leaders, one after another, were running it, if it's more than one over a period of time, uh, what culture, systems, processes they create that people feel like going to work. Well, so, so as I was listening to you speak, you said this, and I just want to highlight it. Yeah. So whether it was a big company, a small company, whether it was culture or whatever, mm -hmm. the leader, the head leader and the leaders underneath them, it was about servitude. We People talk a lot about servant leadership. They think it's for fancy words. Mm -hmm. But in all those situations you gave me, it was all focused on everybody else first. Mm -hmm. What? What? Why should a company do business with you even? Well, you're serving them in a way that's important to them. Why should an employee work for you? Well, because you're serving them in a way that serves their needs as well. And then together, we accomplish greatness. So the, so the sum doesn't equal the parts, but it's because we're all in it for different interests, but we combine and align those interests so everybody is accomplishing what they need to for themselves. 
oh that's brilliant what you just said because that servitude that behavior that not only makes the employee feel good it is also uh, for the uh, outside stakeholders suppliers customers all of them so that makes the whole system so conducive to getting results and uh, uh, maybe creating a happy environment where people are willing to contribute and they feel proud and good after contributing it so that that's a great point actually you just hit one thing i just want to highlight for all the listeners so uh one of the mistakes I think a lot of leaders make, and I've made it uh, and un- unconsciously done this uh, too many times, is when we're giving people feedback, when we're dealing with other people, yeah. we don't sometimes deliver our message in a way that helps them preserve their self-esteem, their self-worth, their pride. And anytime we lead in a way that damages somebody else's pride, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to get half or less. Ah, so basically self-esteem can drive peak performance. Exactly. And our job as leaders is to help raise and keep up the self-esteem of the people that follow us so they do more than anybody else on the planet would think. And, And I've coached basketball, and I talk about this a lot, of how I had a team that probably had the weakest team, the weakest players one-on-one in the league, but we got to the finals because we unlocked the potential of every single one of those people, and we did not allow any kind of a class system on the team where better players were treated any differently than the ones that were probably didn't belong on the basketball court. Well, that's a great example. Howard, unfortunately, we have run out of time, so I want to thank you for providing such wonderful insights, and uh, thank you for writing the book, The Leader Launchpad. I'm very sure uh, our uh, listeners will find it very very easy and insightful to read, as I found it. So thank you so much, and it was wonderful talking to you. You've been listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We hope you'll tune in for another edition of the program next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a good week.